We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast as part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak. And once again, joining me for a little bit of Packers talk in this now dreadful off season this is uh, my co-host jordan Dresky. jordan how you doing buddy hello hello how are you i didn't answer your question <laughs> <laughs> i i answered your question with a question that i literally just stole from you just deflected so hard exactly it's not a dreadful off season i should i should respeak uh just a now very long off season i'm, I'm dreading having to go through this now actual part of the off season just stating, we we went through the longest trades. It wasn't long, um, it but long. it felt it was long. But it felt like it was delaying the inevitable, right? And we want that instant gratty. Yeah, we want the instant gratification that comes with having a new quarterback at the helm. And now exactly. we just need to talk about stuff that happens, which apparently is assistant media days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't even paid yeah. attention to those in past years because, like, right now baseball is so new. Go check out Cruising yeah. for Bruising. That's what I'm focused on usually this time of year. But instead, we're bringing you the latest and greatest from 1265 uh, Lombardi Avenue. But yeah. first and foremost, a couple of news items coming out of uh, the Packers this week. I think it was last week, like Friday or over the yes. weekend. 
Um, yeah. The Packers signed uh, Jonathan Owens, a safety from the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, we've talked about safety ad nauseum this offseason. Definitely a need for the defensive side of the ball. Um, Packers go out and sign. I'm not going to call him a veteran because he only had played um, 31 games in his career and really had the only significant full season was last year with Houston um, where he had 125 total tackles, 84 of those being solo um, and one QB hit to go with four pass deflections. So a little bit of depth Um, Packers Twitter appropriately freaked out when they found out that uh, Olympian Simone Biles is the wife of Jonathan Owens and she was already donning Packers gear. So I think that might've gotten more publicity than the actual Jonathan Owens signing. But uh, we'll take what we can get this time of the offseason. Yeah, it was definitely um, – I think the Packers were looking at a, a double experience of like, yeah, we got safety depth. We got Jonathan Owens, an NFL player. And then we got uh, arguably the greatest athlete of this century. Yeah, one of the most <laughs> to be, Olympic athletes ever. You know, everybody wanted J.J. Watt and the hometown kids that, you know, are playing. We got Simone Biles now. Yes, we do. We got her in our corner because Jonathan Owens is on the team. Yeah, For that's now. where we stand. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, I yeah, I think that's my, that was my caveat of like, oh, that's great. Does he make the team? Right. If he makes, if he doesn't make the team, it's kind of all for nothing. We had a fun, a fun day on Twitter. Kind of this is what we get out of that. But we'll yeah. see. I I hope he does well. He uh, came out. He was an undrafted free agent out of uh, Missouri Western State to the Arizona Cardinals. He uh, was on and off um, their practice squad for the first um, two years of his career. Or that's first first year. He was in twenty eighteen. Uh, never actually played a game with them. He was signed, then waived a month later in June of 2018, then placed on IR, then placed on IR again in September, and then he got waived August of next year in 2019. Had a bunch of tryouts, um, including with the Houston Texans, where he ultimately signed to their practice squad um, before being placed on IR, if you could believe it or not, at the end of last year. So, uh, seems like has a little bit of injuries. He didn't have too many IR injuries from between signing with the Houston Texans in 2019 and the end of last year, but um, played in one game in 2019, uh, six in 2020. Um, he didn't record a stat in either one of those seasons, despite having one missed tackle um, in his six games in 2020. Um, 2021, he started two games, had one interception, um, and seven games played, and did pretty fairly well for what you want to call backup safety. And then, like I said, played and started all 17 games last year, um, had 42 targets on 20 or 20 completions. I apologize on 42 targets, um, with his receiver, he was covering. So, uh, only three touchdowns led up, but the QB rating was pretty skyrocketing high for him at 128.5, according to pro football reference, Houston Texans football, notably yeah. really good last year. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um it's interesting that the the Packers have certainly looked for guys like Rudy Ford, Tarverius Moore earlier this offseason. They're trying to find these like I don't bounce back kind of clearly journeyman special teamers, guys that have risen through the ranks, whether it be whether it's going undrafted and battling through injury and stuff like that and trying to find kind of these 
diamonds in the rough, if you will. Um, obviously, we've talked plenty about Adrian Amos and the door, as we will get into with Mason Crosby and other things going on in uh, Packerland. Doors never quite closed. Every all these doors are still open. What a great um, segue. Let's see more. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say they that all of the attention was like, oh, maybe they'll, they'll bring back Adrian Amos post draft because Anthony Johnson was you know late, very late, the last round. <laughs> draft pick and it's still so unsettled it's one of i mean last couple of weeks we talked plenty about how it is the probably the most glaring issue on the team currently and based on their choices and stuff like that right now even with some desirable options out there in free agency including andrea namos they are not making that call yet right and so we'll see we'll see what ultimately happens and see if they're basically guys like Adrian Amos, John Johnson, I think is still available too. He's kind of like another veteran guy that caught my eye, but yeah, I think the Packers are very comfortable with where they're at, even if that makes us uncomfortable. Right. (laughs) I think if we're like super jumping the gun, we'll probably see um, them maybe pick up a safety towards the end of training camp when teams start cutting guys. Like I would imagine that's kind of maybe their plan. That's how they got Rudy Ford too. Yeah. Right. He was like a, a cut from the Jaguars, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I th- was it the Jaguars? During the preseason. Was it Jaguars or the Giants? Love you. Look. Um but that being said, like that's obviously a, a gamble to kind of play your season or you guys play with your defense and your starters around that strategy to wait until someone maybe gets cut. But yeah, like you said, John Johnson's still available available from Cleveland. Um, old Devin McCourty, but I, I think we had talked about him. I think he might. I think he's retired. retired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Rudy Ford was cut by the Jaguars on Jaguars. August 29th and the Packers signed him two days later. Yeah. So there's options. There, There's people out there regardless, but um Talking about doors not being closed and that segue I had, I had mentioned uh, earlier. Um, with the signing of Jonathan Owens, obviously came with his wife, Simone Biles. We talked about that already. Um, Mason Crosby's wife, who I probably should know the name of if I can search her quick, um, tweeted... Molly? Molly, yeah. Um, tweeted at um, Simone Biles when they announced that they would be uh, in, in Green Bay. Said that she loved the team and everything else. Um, I'll just I'll just read the read the tweet. Oop! It got deleted. It seems. I'll have to read the article. Uh-huh. Quote: Sad. We will miss you. We just ended a 16-year run with the team. That being said, I've got some stuff I need to share with you. Little city with a big heart and some amazing stores and restaurants. We loved our time there, and so will you. Let's talk coats, boots, custom back Packers gear, etc. Coming from uh, Mason Crosby's wife, Molly. Which seems to be that the indicating indicator that the Packers moved on from Mason Crosby. But um, take that with a grain of salt, as on Tuesday, I believe, was when they uh, spoke. Um, special teams coordinator uh, Rich Passaccia talked with the media and said that the door isn't exactly 100% closed um, on Mason Crosby. Quote, the door's not closed. He's not on anybody's team yet. Um, end quote, but this is from Robin Dombowski, but it's also worth noting that he said they're prepared to, quote, weather the storm to some degree, uh, end quote, with six-round kicker Anders Carlson. So, 
kind of seems like they might ride this out through training camp and see how honors kicks. And if it's bad, they might bring Mason Crosby back. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe I'm getting with with that. Big question for you, because I saw this, you know, peruse Packers Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the general topic of keeping the door open for veterans, Crosby, Amos, um, I mean, kind of goes on and on with non Aaron Rodgers edition, but when the Packers move on from someone, they don't really say that they move on. What's your take? What's your take here, Newmark? Um, I think it's professional, honestly. Like, especially with like Adrian Amos and Mason Crosby. I'd assume from Crosby, it's more of a like how much do like how badly do they want him back kind of thing versus a money thing. And he's just been playing forever. He might this might look at retirement too, but um, as I think it's different between a guy like Mason Crosby and Adrian Amos. Um, for Amos, I'm guessing it's more of a contract issue. He wants to get more money than the Packers are willing to offer him. And for Crosby, I think it's just like, okay, you're at the sunset of your career. We'll, we'll give you like the minimum because he's been good. He's been all right. He hasn't been like elite. and doesn't have the distance to go 50 yards plus anymore. He's not with any consistency. And so it's probably just a disagreement between the value that they want to give us in Crosby versus this as like seeing if he'll retire versus telling Adrian Amos, Hey, we would love to have you back, but we don't want you more than this amount. Like, I don't think they really care if they get Adrian Amos back because he had an okay year last year and they might just want to roll the dice with whatever young guys they have understanding that this might be a time to see what they just have at safety and how much they need to invest in it. As opposed to, Mason Crosby, who they know they won't have for the next Never. five, ten years. And it's just like, hey, let's just draft a new guy, see if he can I think I forget where I saw it, but he did some work with uh one of like the kicking gurus in college, Anders Carlson did. And so if that's the case and they can get him back on track, that's a just fine draft pick and they can move on from Mason Crosby and find a guy who can kick a little further. So as far as the Packers not saying they're totally done with the guy, I generally don't like that when any organization does in the first place. Like, it's kind of a weird look to have organization. You don't want a Dylan Brooks situation. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want... That is, like, that yeah, is the extreme opposite. Right. Obviously. We don't, like, the Packers... If the Packers came out and be like, yeah, we're not signing Mason, all the best to him. It's like, oh, that's kind of a harsh oh. way to send out your all-time leading point scorer and 16-year franchise kicker. Like... I yeah. think it's better that they're just saying, like, hey, he's not on another team yet. We haven't closed off that option. If they need an emergency kicker, they'll probably bring it back. So well, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's just, it just doesn't stir the pot at all, which is the exact, probably the the words on the wall when, when Packers employees walk into the into the into the office on Monday morning. Don't stir the pot. <laughs> yeah, I think there's two things here. One is that the Packers are already so fresh-faced and young at this point with yeah. the roster turnover that, they're, that they can – kind of squeeze in the Mason Crosby, Anders Carlson, whatever thing, and just be like, that's part of what we're doing here. Yeah. You know I mean, we're changing it over. We're not rebuilding, we're retooling. Yeah. Secondly, I think one of these, I think ultimately where people get a little kind of miffed about this 
is that when it's in the case of the safety position and that, you know, they have signed these guys, but they're not committing significant resources to Jonathan Owens or to, to very small. They're essentially one year, $1 million year flyers. Right. So when it, they keep saying that we're not going to sh- shut the door on these players. It's like, well, if you're shutting a, a, the door on a player that could absolutely help you and give you a little bit more cover rather than like, they weren't saying this about, you know, whoever Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith was, were taking over when they were making free agency splashes five years ago or four years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different when the actions don't necessarily, or am I saying that correctly? The actions don't match up with the words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's where it's like these, those comments and stuff like that. I'm just like, we're never going to say no to anybody. It's, it sits differently when it's like, well, that feels like the position that needs the most improvement kind of thing. Right. But I understand you're never going to be like, you're never, there's never going to be a Dylan Brooks situation with this team or any, that, that is a very extreme example. Yeah. It's it's something really bad to happen for them to be like, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. We've seen players have bad blood. I, I mean, we just went through it with Aaron Rodgers, right. even on a different scale, but like it wasn't in a way where like Aaron Rodgers is never playing for this team again. You know what I mean? It was still just like, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, For what it's worth, still a very like young team. And I think that's part of it too, is like they're just entering a new era of Packers football where you're not going to have guys that are like just hard nosed veterans from, pretty much the tens decade. Um, the most experienced guy on this team is Dave Bakhtiari at 11. He's the oldest or second oldest person on the team behind Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell's 32. Bakhtiari's 31. Like yeah. Crosby was pushing 40. And that's a, he's, he's bringing up that median age, like five years. Right. And the Packers in general have three guys on their roster that are older, that are 30 plus it's, Pat O'Donnell, David Bakhtiari, and Preston Smith. And then the next oldest is uh, Devondre Campbell at 29. And so it's just it's just a young team. And yeah. I think they're just ready to be a younger team and kind of find their new identity with a new set of culture with those players. Like, I think if Mason Crosby was an all-pro type of kicker like David Bakhtiari is at his position, they probably would have kept him around at his age. Um, but he's not. And, like, the only part of the, I guess, Aaron Rodgers culture era left is David Bakhtiari. He's around because of that all-pro tackle um, skill he has. Mason Crosby kind of... He's also around because they have a contract, too. Right. Well, you know what I mean. But they could have traded him away, right? Like, they they could trade David Bakhtiari today and get a good return for him. Like, without a doubt. I mean, he played well last year. He was healthy most of last year. Yes. Yes. I, I think, think a it, lot of teams would be asking what happened with his knee. Oh, and, yeah. Without a doubt. And his back. For that yeah. Matter. But you, yeah, I think you could go out and get like a second or third for him. But that's we're not talking about that right now. But the point being is that, yes, Mason Crosby has been on this team for as long as Aaron Rodgers has. I think even 
a couple of years short, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so he just was part of the culture that went through three head coaches, I'm not mistaken. I think Mason Crosby might have been around for the last, like the first year before McCarthy. Um, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. So yeah, just well, then the entirety of the McCarthy era, and then yeah, now the Matt Lafleur era. But he's yeah. been around a long time, and so yeah, it sucks to see him go if he ends up staying away. But I also don't disagree that this is just kind of the way the team is going at this point. Yeah, same. It, it it's kind of invigorating to be honest. As much, not it's different with Mason Crosby because he was very good for a very long time mm-hmm. and that you just like you could be the bears with Robbie Gould but um you and don't take those things that too yeah that's right you don't take those things for granted no so but that's, it not, is to say, kinda, that's not to say I don't think he's not appreciated I just think that no I turn the page yeah exactly you want to get ahead of a kicker kind of losing it rather than it's and they might I don't think they're doing this in the first place but like it's easier optically to let him walk in the off season, yep. let him kick in the middle of the season when they're trying to win games, yep. and it just be clearly that he doesn't have any more. And then it's like, oh, Packers and got I, Mason Crosby clearly because he sucks. Just like, oh, yeah, no. they had they had clear opportunities that where that could have happened, and they sucked by him, and right. ultimately paid off. Mm-hmm. Other teams can do that, and Andrews Carlson's brother. Um, knows very well how that is and then thrived elsewhere so right you know yeah we'll see um i think that's enough on mason crosby <laughs> and jonathan <Owens. laughs> 20 minutes that's enough <laughs> um other brief news packers tried out uh kiki Cootie, i think former texans um wire Bolts, i believe too i think so that sounds about right just a pretty much fourth wide receiver on most teams um, was drafted in the fourth round in 2018 by the Texans. And he spent his last two years in Indianapolis. You're right. So um, his last two years, he had two total targets and two total receptions <laughs> in eight in 10 games total. So take that how you may, but he was fine. His, uh, his three years in Houston, like I said, kind of always that, third, fourth string receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins and whoever else was there during that time. But um, Riddle Cobb. Yep, I think that was part of that time too. Mm-hmm. Um but in in Houston he had four touchdowns for a little over um eight hundred yards, almost nine hundred. So just a depth option essentially. But they didn't sign him. They tried him out essentially. So we'll see how that goes. Um a lot of talk about the receivers this week, which we'll get into in a second we talk into assistant comments, but um I guess we'll see how uh, what his options are. He could also be like a, a special teams guy, his punt return experience. So we'll see. Yeah. Could this be another D.D. Westbrook situation? I when he was on the team? certainly could be. Yeah. Another kind of wide receiver four option that just happened to try out with Packers. So probably practice squad guy if anything. But given all the receiving options they took on in the offseason, I don't know what their really plan is for that. So maybe just training camp competition, something like that. Yeah. So should we get into assistant, assistant comments? Let's get into it. Dope. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, coaching assistant media week is apparently a thing. Um, Packers had all their assistants speak, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, which is Thursday. If you can use context clues <laughs> and, uh, they kind of went in, I guess, more importance of order. Kind of, uh, Tuesday was the main guys, Adam Senovich, Joel Berry, and, um, Rich Passaccio, as we mentioned, Wednesday was all the defensive assistants, which we'll go through in a minute. And then today, Thursday, was all the offensive assistants. So we'll go in chronological order. Um, start with Adam Stanovich. He didn't really have too much to say. Um, but notably talked about that how Jordan Love will have an open playbook pretty much all season long. And that... Um, Better be. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I know, I know. I'm sorry, sorry. No, you're good. We can, <laughs> we can touch on it a little bit um, briefly with some comments from... Um, Tom what is that playbook going to be closed? How is he going to learn? <laughs> um, uh, Tom Clement spoke to the media today and mentioned how um, Love knew the game plan all last year, whether he was playing or not. He was just came prepared and was ready to know um, what Rodgers was doing in case he needed to go in. So seems like he was he was readily prepared to jump in at any moment last year and I think they're just kind of gonna throw him into the the offense as desired by Matt LaFleur um into training camp and into the first week of the season which is obviously still four months away but I think he if there's anything to expect this this training camp and first couple weeks of season is that Jordan Love shouldn't be like struggling to run a variety of plays in this offense. And given the nature of Aaron Rodgers' thumb injury, which we certainly got tired of over the course of the season, but mm-hmm. there were some weeks where it was legitimately talked about as, well, Jordan loves getting the first team reps, you know, mm-hmm. especially in light of that London game. Like, I'm sure right. that they had a possibility of, like, well, we might have to tor- turn to Jordan Love. Right. And then, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that he was very much all in. And obviously, everything that we talked about. In terms of mentality, being prepared, all that stuff like that factored into, you know, being always ready. Um, but yeah, very encouraging to hear um, someone like Tom Clements who 
I really, I mean, obviously, you just so super associated him with Aaron Rodgers. Right. So to talk about someone else and how he's very thrilled to be with this opportunity to develop Jordan Love. Right. I think Bill adds to the invigoration of this of the season. Right. 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 Uh, Bill Huber talked with, uh, or not talked, wrote a story for um, Packer Central, his Sports Illustrated affiliate. Um, talking about how the reason that Tom Clements came back to the Packers was to try and win a Super Bowl and coach Aaron Rodgers. This is what Prudhoe was quoted saying on today, Thursday, but um, it says, quote, but I came back and I enjoyed it. Enjoyed working with Jordan and Danny Etling. And anytime you can coach a guy and you think you can help him, it looks like you've helped him a little bit. That's gratifying. So it's at least encouraging to see that he's not just dipping once Rodgers leaves because like he was like Rodgers' guy, right? Is that he just wanted to coach Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers wanted to be coached by Tom Clements. So to see his buy-in with this next um, era of of quarterback and to see him shepherding essentially the Packers into this new era with Jordan Love is is good. I'm hoping that we get to see a lot of that good um, production and development with Jordan Love throughout the year under um, Tom Clements's tutelage. Yeah. Um, another comment from uh, Adam Senovich, one that I thought was quite interesting. Um, I guess one more thing on Jordan Love. This is a continuation of Senovich's thoughts um, that the experience on the offensive line and at running back could be key for Jordan Love, who's likely to be blitzed early. Quote, typically, if you handle pressure well, you won't see it. So I think that is, I agree a lot with that, is that it kind of talked to what Aaron Jones said last week about how he's just ready to lead and people listen to him when he talks. I think that he'll be needed picked up early, depending on how much they do get after Jordan Love. He's semi-mobile. He's shown a little bit of his running in, in the games we've seen, but He's not like he's Lamar Jackson or anything, or no, but Josh uh, Allen for that matter too. Yeah, just being elusive and yeah, kind of sensing when the walls are crumbling, kind of yeah. thing. But it's really awesome that they have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who have years of pass blocking experience, to really pick him up and pick up those blitz when needed, so he can stay in the pocket and pass. So, yeah. Um, one interesting tidbit that was noted um, that Senovich said: Zach Tom will compete. It says complete, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, Robert Dabowski means compete. Um, we'll compete at right guard, right tackle, and possibly even center. The only set um, spots on the line are David Bakhtiari and Ellen Jenkins. Which is, which tracks. Sounds about right. Which yeah. tracks. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense. We're going to jump around a little bit. We're not going to go chronological. I lied. No, that's fine. Um, today, Luke Buckkiss, the old line coach for the Packers, um, talked about Josh Myers and said that uh, he has no concerns with uh, Josh Myers struggling this year, or last year rather, and said that 2022 was effectively his rookie year and because he only played seven games as a rookie in 21. Quote, hell of a kid, mm. hell of a player, and we expect him to be here for a long time. So maybe as Zach Tom as a center for Josh Myers, but I wouldn't, after these comments, expect Tom to beat out Myers as the starting center, despite having experience there in college. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, another part from him, maybe I, I guess maybe I didn't get it. I thought I had a Sean Ryan quote, but I must have missed it. So my apologies on that. Basically, that they're working with Sean Ryan was what I saw, um, on the old Twitter machine. 
Um, moving on to uh, Joe Barry, his comments. His biggest uh, thing for Devontae Wyatt, my large adult son. Um, what do you want to see from 2022 first-round pick Devontae Wyatt? Quote, disruption. An all-around disruptive player. I always like to see what guys do in that time frame from year one to year two. Yeah, I'd say that's about appropriate. That's you know what that is what's gonna um get you on the field clearly, and uh, you have plenty of opportunity to right um yeah simple as that. Jerry Montgomery, the uh, D line coach and run game coordinator on Devontae Wyatt, said, "quote I expect I expect a massive jump from him. He knows the defense much better, which is what we saw towards the end of the year. This is a uh, a." Notable quote. Mentioned of the sack versus Detroit, and Wyatt came back to the sideline and said, quote, Coach, I'm starting to get it. So, I think this is a really important moment for us as fans to recognize that, hey, these guys are rookies. Not all rookies jump into the NFL and produce right away. And I yeah. think that is a great little tidbit to share that not every rookie can be Aiden Hutchinson or not every rookie can be Quay Walker and be ready to just hop into the role that they're expected to play every year and produce. He's just, he needed to learn the ins and outs of the trenches of the NFL, which is a big difference from college to uh, the NFL. And he had the unfair distinction of being a 24 year old rookie where everybody's like, well, that means he's experienced and yeah. you know, he doesn't have as much of a learning curve athletically or, um, getting down plays and stuff like that. It's like, right. it doesn't work that way. It, ne- it rarely does. Progress is not always linear, if it ever is. Progress is so, not linear. And yeah. I think I saw um, Derek Henry talking with Taylor Lewin and that other guy on their podcast on the bus. Forget what that podcast is called every time. I apologize. Um, but they asked him, like, everyone talks about how Derek Henry was such a force in high school and college. Is like, how difficult was the transition from college NFL for Derrick Henry, one of the most powerful running backs in the league? He goes, oh, it's way different. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. And this is a guy coming from who was Alabama. The, Alabama, who's, with again, with Georgia and the SEC. So it's just all the more anecdotal knowledge to say, hey, this this stuff's hard, dude. Like, the, the schemes, the just sheer power of these guys having professional uh, – weight stuff and locker room stuff it's just really incredibly like hard to go from one spot to the other mm-hmm. so um moving on let's see trying to see oh safety we talked about them already but joe barry already said they don't really know who's gonna start next to Darnell savage what is your uh your first inclination for that. I guess that you're, you're I laughing. That, you're laughing. I think that's what it is. Not really sure. Um, I mean, that kind of tracks again. It's, it's what the, what, what you invested in the position and what you've addressed. And even with a tighter cap space and cap maneuvering that they've had to do plenty this off season before Aaron Rodgers got traded. It's like, yeah, you don't really know. It's going to be, it, it's gonna be a fluid situation, probably um, more than anything, until it's, until you get a bona fide like this guy is gonna be our 
starting safety for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. It will be a question on the roster till then. Right. Till that's sorted. Yeah, I think hopefully they sort it after this year. If we'll at least have an answer. But yeah, I think it's going to be the probably the discussion of training camp. Yeah. Um, another thing from Barry on last year's slow start. Quote, inconsistency. Inconsistency. We can't be up next week and down the next, or one week and then down the next. We don't have time to waste 10 weeks of the season before playing well. And it's kind of hard to take that comment seriously, knowing that, knowing what we know about just Joe Barry's game planning and sort of, hey, Joe, it's it's your job to make sure that the, these players are consistent and that you're scheming up game plans to stop what needs to be stopped. And like, I think as much as it was a story that he just let Jair and Razul figure out who was covering just Justin Jefferson in the second Vikings game, it's not how that should work. Like, he should be coaching directly to what needs to happen and putting these game plans together. Like, inconsistency comes from being inconsistently coached, in my opinion. So, okay. We might have found something media to talk about here. Okay. That was a very 2022 Packers problem because it obviously was a 2022 season. Mm-hmm. But if you look at that defense and the overall roster and stuff like that, yeah, there are some pillars that are Preston Smith is still there. Um, Darnell Savage is still there. He's he's not old, but five years, four years has been in the league, mm-hmm. played in Green Bay, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Devondre Campbell, all this stuff. The oldest players on the roster are on that side of the ball currently. Mm-hmm. But this is a very young Packers defense, and they're expecting a lot of jumps from a lot of different players, some of whom are could be rookies that they're expecting this from. Yeah. So my question to you. Okay. Everybody was on Joe Barry by the end of the last season. It was quite... Surprising, yes, quite surprising to see the Packers stick with him. Yep, but the that quote is actually going to happen again this year because you're it's rookies, it's second year players, it's guys on rookie scale contracts, right? You're expecting those are the people that are going to get the most reps, you know, knock on wood and help providing. So in reality, yeah, like you don't want to see inconsistencies. You want to see these players kind of get to it very quickly. But we're talking again. How we're talking about Devontae Wyatt? That is going to happen with like I can name six guys right now that could easily happen to Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn Gary when he gets back. Um, uh, well, now I'm losing my train. But Clay <laughs> Walker, brain. right? Um, you know, like Eric Stokes when he's healthy. Like, that's the thing is that, like, yeah, there are pillars on the Packers defense that are more uh-huh. veteran or have been, you know, have a couple years on their under their belt. Yep. But I don't – I those excuses didn't fly last year, and it, it's part of why we're it's still, like, a sore spot of, like, oh, is Joe Barry the guy to really organize this defense? Yeah. Whereas, like, in reality, he might have more of a leash – because the Packers roster is so young now. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? I kind of, but I don't think I agree. Like, I think I get what you're saying. I just don't agree that they're young enough 
to blame them for inconsistencies. Like, because you have experienced players on, like, your starting 11-man defense, and Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, uh, Jair Alexander, and I guess we'll go Darnell Savage. That's... He's starting. Four. Four um, starters that are essentially just ready to go and all pro level play. I shouldn't say all pro. Donald Savage isn't all pro, but players that should be able to lead the other people around their um, their units on defense, essentially. Like, I, yes, they're young in spots, but it was more than just those young spots last year. That was the problem. Oh, of course. I I completely agree, and that still might be the problem. If Like, if Jair has another inconsistency or inconsistent year, Kenny Clark kind of was slow to get going and stuff like that. There are key players that if they don't have their best years under Joe Barry and the defense is still a sieve and it's still the same things that we talked about with the Packers defense for the last two years since Joe Barry got the the job, you know, I, I don't see him shepherding this team again um, beyond this year, but I don't know. That's where I get a little bit like, you don't, you don't really know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything that resembles the defense of last year is going to be like his last year in Green Bay. There has to be a clear sign of improvement. And a lot of these issues that they're talking that we talked about ad nauseum last year and but early part of this offseason, they just have to not repeat themselves and, again. And plus two, like I guess to be devil's advocate to my own words. If your rookies or guys like Devontae Wyatt's, if they don't take that leap or if they're not getting to overcoming that learning curve and they're not developing them right, right. then Joe Barry is definitely not the person that can really take this defense over the top. Exactly. Because it's such a critical time to put this roster together. Right, right. And to that point, too, it's just that you had a year where their defense was not good. It was just it was no, well, 10 weeks where argue, it was... Ten weeks the year before it was, wasn't that great either. Right. He should be learning from these mistakes. He should be seeing what went wrong and fixing it. And if you're in this spot for what would now be then three years, and there's nothing changing, you're probably not the guy for the job. Yeah. So I think that wraps up um, Joe Barry's comments. We had, I think that's all all from the, the major guys, the three coordinators. A um, couple things on... I guess we'll start with Quay. Um, Quay has been kind of the topic of conversation after his unfortunate end to the season last year with his um, shoving of another coach on the sideline after he did it in <laughs> Buffalo a few weeks prior to that. Um, but Rob Dabowski was reporting today or yesterday, I apologize, Wednesday, um, that the inside linebackers coach, Kirk uh, Alvadati, made it sound like he has spent a lot of time talking with Quay Walker about his two ejections last year. And as a rookie quote, those conversations are ongoing and he's more than willing to learn from all of his mistakes. So it seems like the conversation with Quay is obviously like has been present this off season to make sure, Hey, you're a rookie. That crap don't fly to begin with, but it's especially not going to fly now moving on um, into your second year and onward. Good. Good is right. Um, but to go with that, um, Jason Robovich, he's the pass, ga- or pass rush game uh, coordinator, or assistant rather, 
Um, and someone had asked how they see Quay fitting into the pass rush, and he just said yes. Like, they're going to play, be playing him inside, outside, and pretty much all over the box this season, it seems like. So keep an eye out for Quay Walker being played pretty much all across the line and all across the middle of the field, which is what he did last year. Very excited. Yeah, might turn into like a half of the time pass rusher, makes it seem like. So could we see him? Moonlighting? Moonlighting as a pass rusher? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Switching over to the other side of the ball, um, sort of wrapping up the major comments that we saw. Um, Jason Vrabel, the wide receiver coach, talked about how the Packers um, don't have a so-called veteran in the wide receiver room, but that Christian Watson Romeo Dobbs played a lot of snaps as rookies. Uh, 540, 529 for Romeo Dobbs and 507 for Christian Watson. So not necessarily blowing my socks off type of snap numbers, but more than a few veterans that played last year too, which is like what what which is what Jason Vrabel's point was. He said, quote, Christian and Romeo played so much as rookies that there's guys in year three or four that some people consider bets that have less snaps. Like Kiki Kiki Kuki Kuti is one of those examples. Not that a veteran, not a guy you'd consider like a veteran, but a guy who's been in the league for five years that doesn't have probably as many snaps as out of those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. I think they step up, hopefully. I think this is like him kind of calling on them to be the leaders in the locker room. Or in that I guess in that group per se. Um and here's hoping they do it. Samari Toure, last year's seventh round pick. Getting getting thick. <laughs> Added ten pounds of muscle this offseason, apparently. Um Rabel said that he like most people wouldn't recognize him. They walked back in. Like he's added eight to ten pounds of muscle to get up to about six six feet, six one, two hundred pounds. So he's uh he might be a force to be reckoned with in training camp this year. If he can end up getting his movements down, getting his sort of route running down, he might be an asset. No more Captain Cool <laughs> as Aaron Rodgers once called him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um Oh, here was the Sean Ryan bit I had found. Um, this was from uh, Luke Buckus again. He called him a guard, but will take some center snaps this spring. So I'm not really sure how that will fit with Josh Myers, but maybe they're retooling, kind of put uh, throwing stuff around to see, throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Where, yeah, that's yeah. I was about to say the same thing. Um, Packers tight end coach John Dunn mentioned to the media that Josiah DeGuara has taken on the leadership role in the tight end room, which is an interesting role for him to play considering he wasn't the most active player on the field, but I like the initiative, truthfully. It He's someone that's always intrigued me because I think he's ultimately going to be a useful player if he can put everything together. Mm. Health also, that was probably the biggest stumbling block the first two years of his career. Right. But... Yeah, that is he's a useful player and there's a reason why the Packers drafted him as high as they did. Right. Um in the love draft, AJ Dillon draft too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Would be nice if that all can click together for him. The the top three. Top three or twenty. Yeah. That's what that, I call him. That'd be that'd be nice. If we can three amigos. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um tight end coach John Dunn also said um, that the rookies, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, have more similarities than differences right now in terms of body type, speed, bigger guys, no shit. longer, <laughs> run well, and smart. So, um, 
he said, we'll just have to see where it takes us. Which, like, if you have two yeah. guys that can be offensive weapons like that, like, you can just swap one out for the other. It's not a bad thing to have, considering their skill sets. Yeah, they're, they're to quote Succession, they're the disgusting brothers. That's what they are. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> we can go with that. <laughs> We're workshopping it. nicknames here. You heard it here first, folks. Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, the disgusting brothers. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. Anything else on the comments from the assistants that you want to talk about? Because I think that was pretty much all the highlights. No, I, I, I mean, it is what it is at this point. It's we're it's May 18th as recording. We're, yep. Draft is settled. You're looking at the roster. You're looking at anything to like give you hope. And obviously, there's plenty of time until first preseason game, which got settled this week too, right? Like what? What it is? Yes, I think that's. I can bring I think it up we here. Knew the opponent. I don't know if we knew the time. I can check quick for you though. Oh yeah, you. I think you're right. Um, they play the Bengals on Friday, August 11th at 6 p.m. Uh, the Patriots uh, away against the Bengals. The Patriots and Seahawks at home to finish out weeks two and three of the preseason. Saturday, August 19th at seven, and Saturday, August 26th at noon. So, yeah. Three, three games that would be good if they weren't preseason, but <laughs> but it gives you. But it's. I mean, I think it is worth noting, depending on how much each of these teams play their um, play their starters, is that you have three pretty decent defenses. Like the Bengals, the Patriots, and Seahawks aren't going to be washes if they play their starters, which I don't think they will too much, but. Um, I'm glad it's not three stinkers for Jordan Love to go against. I'd like to see him actually yeah. get some reps in against some quality defenses before they throw him right into week one. I did find something that we did not cover. Okay. Joe Barry on Eric Stokes. I'm going to be lifting these quotes from Matt Schneeman's, uh basically essentially doing what we're doing right now, but talking about comments from assistant co- uh, coaches and coordinators. Um, on Eric Stokes... Reading between the lines, it doesn't sound like the return of cornerback Eric Stokes, the 2021 first-round pick, is imminent. Um, Joe Barry says, Eric had a pretty substantial injury. He's on the road to recovery. He's been in the building every single day. It's great to just see him walking around and being here. Next time I talk to him, hopefully I'll have a little bit more to report on. But we'll see where he goes day-to-day. Um, on Monday, when we start OTAs with Eric not even being able to practice, we feel like we've got two pretty good outside quarters and John Razul and then Keyshawn, who and he goes, yeah. So basically saying... Not great. Not great. No. Injured his knee, right? His knee? And they didn't even... That's... Well, that even says it too. They never really specified, right? Nope. So that was November sixth. I don't even remember seeing it, but because they didn't replay the injury. Yeah. Too is that bad? Yeah, that was November sixth. Yeah. So, just about two months, seven months away since his injury. So, can't be that good if he's still not practicing and being on the field for like just OTAs and stuff like that. If he's not doing any workouts, so. Here's the hoping so, they can get him this year and it doesn't really turn into a Dave Bakhtiari sort of albatross situation. But well, I mean, at this point, it might be a... It, it might be that. if they. It might be a multi-year recovery. Yeah. Especially for a cornerback. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's tough for Sox. That sucks. Yeah. 
So definitely something to monitor. At least we got better a better update than we did put from the box. <laughs> if the yes and no. I mean, they're still not like saying what is actually wrong with him or what he I mean, suffered. Yes, but I think if it was the box, they'd be like, "He's alive." <laughs> he has a pulse. I saw him at the. I mean, that's what they're basically doing. Right. I saw him. I saw him at practice. He's walking around just great. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um. All right, Jordan. Anything else? No. No, I think that's it. Sweet. Couple of promotions, as always. You know the deal. Go check out Repod, our favorite place to listen to podcasts. Um, got the whole community, comment section, native playback for your Talk of the Tundra and other GSPN podcasts. So join Repod.com slash Talk of the Tundra to get that link and join there. Um, all the GSPN shows, Cruising for a Bruising, Talk of the Tundra, Eurostep, Wind and Six, and make time for this can all be found at um, gspn.info. The Bucks boys, Jordan, Ty, Adam, and Rohan, all talked the uh, vast amount of coaching uh, pros- or coaching options that the Bucks are interviewing. Word um, on the campfire is that you, oh, Jordan Tresky, oh. are going in for an interview for the Bucks. Yeah, they've added 10 more names since we literally wrapped that podcast. At the start of the week, yeah. So, and uh, this search might break my will. Your sanity. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Um. So go check out the Bucks feed to listen to that podcast. It was a good one. Uh, cruising for a bruising. It's posted their uh, recap podcast of the Cardinal series today, um, as they go into now a weekend series with the Tampa Bay Rays down in Florida. So go check that out. Um, from yeah, you, Jordan, Adam, Andrew, and Ty all talked Succession in sort of the latest mid-season recap of the final season of that show. Uh, very I couldn't make it, but go check it out. I listened to it today. It was very, very good. Make time for this. Um, go check it out. So um, I think that just about wraps it up, right? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, all right, everybody. We sufficiently talked Tundra. We did. We did. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. You'll hear from us soon once again in all of your regular places. And uh, thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.